Welcome to the Anna's Grace Hope and Healing Podcast. If you or someone you love has experienced miscarriage, stillbirth, or infant loss, this is the place for you. In each podcast, we will explore topics important to the one in four who experience the loss of a precious baby and to those who walk beside them on their grief journey. For more information about Anna's Grace Foundation, please visit our website at www.annasgrace.org. Hello, this is Monica Alley from Anna's Grace Foundation. Every day, a family experiences the loss of a precious baby through miscarriage, stillbirth, or infant loss. Like other major events in our lives, the loss of a baby leaves us changed. We are not the same people we were before the loss. On today's podcast, we're going to take a closer look at how these changes we experience affect our lives and those around us. In the studio with me today is Heather Olivier. Heather is a provisionally licensed professional counselor and a certified clinical trauma professional currently pursuing her doctorate at the University of New Orleans. Heather works at Present Hope Counseling in Walker, Louisiana, and is passionate about working with clients who have experienced trauma, specifically child loss. Hello, Heather. Thank you for so much for being here today. Hey, Monica. It's an honor to be here. I asked Heather to be here with me today, not only because of her professional experience, but also because of her personal experience with loss. Would you like to share some of that with us today, Heather? Sure. So I'm in the club, the club that no one signs up for, but we ended up in. And I joined the club in April of 2017 after losing my son, Owen. He was a month old. He was born early and he stayed that whole month in the NICU. And he passed away on April 7th of 2017. So he was a day shy of being a month old. He was our first child. So that was our first experience, mine and my husband's first experience with having a child and then losing a child. And is that how you became interested in this field or had you already explored that? Actually, we had Owen in my second to last semester of my master's program. So I was almost finished and I didn't have a specific group of people or clientele that I wanted to work with. I just knew I wanted to help people. And ironically, I said, I'll do anything but trauma work. (laughs) And so (laughs) never say never. And it was after at least a year after losing him when I went through my own growth and healing and therapy and then I decided I wanted to be that person that people could come to after loss, like a therapist that could say, I get it, and feel like those walls are taken down and fill in that lack of judgment toward maybe those thoughts that we have that we think surely no one is thinking this. I wanted to be that therapist that people could come to and be their genuine selves after child loss. So you did have some change in your life after losing Owen, not only experiencing the loss of your baby, but you personally internally experienced a change. I think we all do that. I think that losing a baby changes our identity. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of us recognize that and some of us have a hard time recognizing that. But that makes reentering the world and interacting with people around us that much more difficult. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the changes that people have told you about or that you've experienced or you've observed that people can expect after losing a baby? That's the thing is that a lot of times people feel like the changes that occur are what society would say is negative changes. Maybe they're more irritable. So when something happens, maybe an interaction, they get angrier more quickly. 
maybe that or a sense of protectiveness over their living children or even if they don't have other children just a sense of protectiveness over themselves over their spouse other family members definitely less trusting of people of situations because I mean if you think about other life events we've been through like getting married and maybe moving homes graduating those are changes in our lives that we chose and they affect our personality but so it makes sense that we would change as a result of losing a child but it's those changes that we feel like we didn't choose is the difference there. Right. And I know from my own experience, I most definitely was a changed person mm-hmm. after after losing Anna. And one of the hardest things for me to do was to interact with other people. How do I communicate with them? I felt bad for sometimes bringing up Anna because I didn't want them to feel uncomfortable. I know that other people were trying to kind of figure out what would make me comfortable? Is Mm -hmm. it okay to talk about her baby? Should I not ask her about it? Should we just avoid it altogether? And so there would be these instances where it's just uncomfortable. And so could you share with us a little bit about that? How should people react? How should people interact? What should we do to make that a little bit easier? Yeah, well, I think first of all, it's, it's hard on us to interact after child loss but then also for other people it's this thing i like to call like the cycle of disconnection so we already feel disconnected from people because we think surely no one is thinking the things that i'm thinking or feeling the things that i'm feeling we already feel isolated but then whenever we finally decide to go out in public again it can feel like you're wearing this sign on your chest that says I lost a baby and it feels like everyone's staring at you. And I know that's how I felt. And so there are a couple different things that happen that are a couple different perspectives that impact our communication with others. And that first one is our perspective of ourselves. So we're overly concerned with how we're acting and how that's being perceived. For example, if I act happy when I'm interacting with them, they might think I'm okay with what happened. Or if I seem too sad, it's, it's going to make them feel weird. And I don't want to make people feel weird. So we're overanalyzing our behaviors before they even happen. Um, and then we have our perception of other people during those reactions. So how dare them say that? Um, why would they think that, that that's appropriate to say? Or why didn't they validate me more? Why did they avoid me? But in, on the opposite end, we have to give those people grace because they don't understand. If we're confused as to what's already changing with us, other people are definitely going to be confused. So they're judging themselves based on feeling like they don't want to be insensitive to what's happened to us, but also feeling sometimes ignorant to what is actually happening with us. So they're feeling confused and don't want to say something wrong. So a lot of times... We have this dance of avoidance where we don't say anything, they don't say anything, and there's just this break in communication. We end up feeling even more isolated. Right. And when you feel isolated, 
we tend, I would think, to seek out safe places. Mm-hmm. So we we resort to staying home yeah. or just surrounding ourselves with, you know, family, close friends, those that we trust. But there comes a time when we we need to go out into the world. We need to go back to work or we need to go to, you know, holiday gatherings or different events. My first outing after losing Anna was to a preschool event mm-hmm. um, because my one of my children had um, a day at preschool and I would always go to all of their little events and I didn't want to miss out on this. I didn't right. want that child to feel like, oh, this, you know, now mom is not available right. to me. Um, and so, but I remember going and then you get the sad faces because mm-hmm. nobody knows what to do. And so they make that sad oh, face. Right. Yeah. And then there were those who, you know, I just assumed that everyone knew that we had lost Anna. Right. But there were people who didn't know. And so they would make comments like, why don't you look as pregnant as you mm. did the last time I saw you? You know, and here come the tears. Yeah. So what are some things that we could do to make those situations a little less awkward? What is some advice that you can give us for just lessening our own anxiety? I was fearful about going out yeah. and, and doing that. But I, I, I wish I would have been more prepared. Mm-hmm. So what advice do you have to help people out there make that transition back into the world? A lot of times if you think through, okay, these are the possibilities. This is the more so thinking, this is the reality of the situation. These things might upset me um, when people say these comments. Uh, For example, I got asked two or three times after we lost Owen, oh, when are you due? (laughs) As if you should ever ask anyone that. (laughs) But um, And so it was just a reminder that I still looked pregnant but I didn't have anything to show for it um so after the first time it happened I was just crumbling on the floor um of course my husband was mad like why would someone say that (laughs) but um but then I was more aware the next couple times it happened I was able to say no um my son I had a son and he actually passed away and so but it took me a few times I guess, rehearsing that response. So figuring out what you're okay with telling people, especially strangers who don't know the situation. Are you ready to tell people, this was my son, this was my daughter, or you might not have known the gender yet, but I I was pregnant maybe yesterday and today. The blood test shows that I'm not. Um, But saying, kind of rehearsing responses, I definitely had to do that um, to prepare myself for the reality of the interactions I would probably have. That's a great idea. I wish I would have, I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah. And so with that, it just, it wasn't as upsetting whenever I would hear things. It still was obviously, but it's almost whenever we walk through things in our minds and we kind of bring ourselves through that situation of, yes, this is painful. And a lot of times we don't want to think, what's the most painful thing that can happen? But if we think through all the potentials and we come up with responses, that also brings us a sense of control um, versus walking into this room feeling totally powerless. Because, I mean, after losing a child, you already feel powerless and out of control as a person and as a parent. Absolutely. So gaining a sense of control over even the potentials, like, okay, I know how I'm going to react, or this is how I plan to react if this happens. That brings back 
some sense of control and power over those situations. Yeah. I also wish that I would have had someone with me Mm -hmm. to kind of act as a buffer um, at that first event. Yeah. Um, Did you have anything like that or have you heard of other people? I mean, is that okay? Is that, you know, something that you would suggest to people? Yeah. That's something I think people are very surprised by is whether it's going to the grocery store or um, something that maybe feels mundane and then you realize you're freaking out, you're panicking, and then you're alone. Or maybe um, you're the only adult and you have your child with you. Um, for me, I had I had isolated for a while. Every time I thought, okay, today's the day I'm going to get out and interact with people, I thought, uh, no, staying in my bed feels like a better option. Um, but when I finally did, the first big event that I went to was um, – or the thing that I remember the most is an engagement party that I attended. And I remember thinking, even though it was months, at least six months, five to six months after our loss, um, I remember being very nervous because I was going to be interacting with people that I knew they were aware of what happened, but I'd not spoken to them. And I was so fearful of being treated like I was weak um, and not anything against them, but just I, I didn't want to be seen as that. So I was very anxious. And um, my husband was working that, that night. And so I brought a friend with me. Um, and it made me feel more like a friend and um, a cousin to the person I was there to celebrate versus the bereaved mom who's alone and like shrink, shrinking in the corner. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to be seen. I just wanted to be seen as a friend and someone there to celebrate. Um, so I think for me, it was helpful to have that person there with me. And you bring up the point of anxiety. Mm-hmm. A lot of us do feel that anxiety before yeah. leaving home, before feeling, before leaving our comfort mm-hmm. circle. Um, do you have any advice as to what should we do when we start feeling those anxieties creeping in? When we do go out, or even if we're at home and we start feeling anxious about something, do you have any pointers or anything that we that people can do, something that we can do mm-hmm. to kind of lessen those anxieties? Yeah, so for first off, it's a lot of times we categorize, just in society, we categorize feelings as good or bad. Um, and so because that's such a habit and things are viewed, feelings are viewed as that, obviously we're going to be critical of ourselves because we're most critical of ourselves. So feeling that anxiety, we go to the, no, 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 I, I don't need to feel this. I have to go here. Um, and a lot of times what brings on a panic attack or an anxiety attack isn't what's triggering it. Most of the time, once we're triggered with anxiety, the fear of having an anxiety attack is what actually brings us into one. So if, first of all, I would say, don't categorize this as good or bad, but normalize it by saying, you know what? It makes sense that I feel anxious leaving the house after what I've been through. I have a new norm now and I'm trying to figure it out because this huge event just happened to me and I'm grieving. And so it's okay that I feel anxious right now. But then even more so, once you feel that and you give yourself permission to feel it, it's identifying what is it exactly that I'm anxious about? Because you might feel anxious, you realize you feel anxious every time you interact with a certain group of people. 
or you go to a certain place, a certain event. And that's when a lot of times we'll say, I should be anxious about this or I shouldn't be anxious about this. Especially with that identity change, you're still learning, constantly learning what those identity changes are. And so something might make you feel anxious that before your loss didn't even bother you. So first being aware of it and saying, this isn't good or bad, this makes sense with what I've been through. And then secondly, figuring out, okay, what is it that I'm about to face that's making me feel anxious, that's causing this anxiety in me? I know personally, leaving the the house for the first time, and I'm not a, you know, I don't think of myself as being an anxious person, Mm -hmm. but I could already tell the changes. Whereas I had kind of been someone, a take charge kind of person, a very type A, and I still am. Mm -hmm. But I felt less so. I -hmm. felt less myself. I felt less confident. Yeah. And that made me anxious. Yeah. Even just identifying these changes made me anxious. So I think that you're right on. And I don't think I gave myself permission to feel that. Right. Because I thought feeling anxious was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's just not something that I should, I should be stronger than that. I should be able to overcome that. I should be able to just, you know, head on out the door and face this but I wasn't and I didn't Mm -hmm. stop to give myself permission to feel those things and say, it's okay. So I think it's important what you're telling people like pause, yeah, you know, and allow yourself to have those feelings and it's perfectly okay and normal to feel that way. Right. um, Before heading out or to, to feel anxious. And then what happens if we, if we do get trapped up in those anxious feelings, if we do allow that to overcome us, what can we do to bring ourselves back? Back down to earth a little bit. Do you have any tidbits about that? Yeah. Anxiety is a source of of many different things, but we experience it in our brains and our bodies. And a lot of times people think those are disconnected, but they're very connected. So being aware of where the tension is in your body whenever you experience that anxiety. And we can only store so much energy in our bodies. And so if by the end of the day, if your shoulders are up to your ears and you're thinking, huh, I don't know why I can't go to sleep right now. (laughs) It's like, maybe I should check in with my body because it's not always about the thoughts that we're having, but also the tension that's built up in our body over the day, the week, the month. So constantly checking in, making sure I do things with my clients like called body scans and progressive muscle relaxation. And those are things you can look up. It's hard to describe over podcasts, but it's it's basically starting at the top of your head and then at the tip of your toes and finding where do I feel tense right now? Because we all hold it in different spots. And so being sure that you're constantly checking in with your body, not just your thoughts. Because sometimes when we don't even have anxious thoughts, if our bodies assume this position that we typically go into when we're anxious, it's basically telling our brains, hey, you're supposed to be anxious right now. So Not only going through the things I said earlier about being aware of it, giving yourself permission to feel it, so then it doesn't spiral into an anxiety attack. Being aware of it, okay, makes sense that I feel this way, but why is it that I feel this way? So being an investigator, what is it about this person that I interact with? What is it about this place that is making me feel anxiety? But then also, okay, realizing I know I feel anxiety right now, Let me make sure I'm checking in with my body and being aware of, do I feel really tense? Because if I feel really tense, no matter how much I try to divert my thoughts to something else, 
my body is still telling my brain, hey, we're supposed to be anxious right now. So it's making sure you're aware of what's going on in your brain and what's going on in your body. Is there a way that people could get in touch with you if they might need to talk to somebody? Sure. We have the group of counselors that I work with. We have a website called presenthopecounseling.com. But then also my email is heather at presenthopecounseling.com. And I know you share a lot of my stuff on Facebook, on Anna's Grace Facebook. So you can find me there too. And we do group and individual counseling. I actually just wrapped up a group for bereaved moms and just did a workshop last week for bereaved parents on how to survive the holidays. So my passion really is working with bereaved parents, no matter what stage the loss was. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here today, Heather. We, we truly appreciate all the guidance and all of the tidbits and all of the all the things that we could do that you've shared with us. And I want to thank you in a particular way for sharing your story mm-hmm. about Owen. I'm very touched that you would, would share that with our listeners and, and be here and all that you do for the one in four um, to help them bring healing to their hearts. Those who are touched by loss of a baby are often changed by the experience and are no longer the same person they were before the loss. It can be difficult to interact with others as everyone struggles with what to say or do. But with a plan in place, along with a sense of awareness, we can decrease our anxieties as we introduce our new selves to the world. Until next time, I'm Monica Alley with Anna's Grace Foundation. May your heart find hope and healing.